and thank you for joining us on Giving Voice to Depression. I'm Terry. And I'm Bridget. According to the World Health Organization, 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression. Yet at any given time, we can feel entirely alone in our battle. By sharing our stories, we can learn what works for other people, compare our experiences, and share the lessons and resources we've uncovered. Because while we've all heard the statistics, numbers don't tell the story. People do. Today's part three of our three-part series on stigma. The first was that we confirmed that stigma really does mm-hmm. exist, which was certainly <laughs> not any surprise to anybody who's had depression. The second was the impact on people's lives. And today we're talking about how would life be different if stigma was reduced? So we asked a number of the people who we have had the pleasure and honor to interview how a reduction in stigma would make a difference. Uh, some of them answered that more globally in terms of how things would be different for everyone, and some spoke about how it would be different for them. Let's hear what they had to say. To take the stigma away would provide so many more opportunities to ask for help. I'd pull something one week. I know you go to the doctor, get it checked out, figure out what it is, and then take the steps to make sure it gets better. That would happen one week. Another week, you know, I would have a panic attack for the first time in my life. Same thing, something unexpected happened with my health, go to the doctor, figure out what it is, and take the steps to get it. Like if it was that simple, I think things would be so much better, so much better. Having visibility and representation around an issue makes it more manageable. And then see hope, see recovery, see, uh, you know, the person has gotten better in and then they can help that person. I think a reduction in stigma will be accompanied by increased community services. I think when the public perception of mental health is, oh, it's a disease of the brain versus a character disorder, you're going to find people more willing to support it, just like they've come out of the woodwork to support various physical illness. You have the Alzheimer's walk, you have Parkinson's walks, you have all kinds of cancer support systems out there. And I think the money and the support system and the treatments will all gradually come to mental health. Many mental illnesses tend to emerge between the ages of 18 and 25. So we can't wait until someone's in their 30s to educate them about mental illness. We can't wait. It's time to talk. It's time to be real. It's time to be honest. It's time to ask for help. It's time to give help. It's crazy to think that in 2017, even our website, when we first looked, giving voice to depression, why was that domain available? Right? I know. I couldn't. We were checking out names and it was like, that one won't be available. It was. So when we talk about how much better the world or our world, the world, I think, would be if the stigma around mental illness and depression was less. It was interesting how many people made the point that it doesn't have to be some huge effort. They weren't talking about legislation. They weren't talking about, you know, the the medical community or anything. They were just talking about talking and saying how simply Mm -hmm. starting the dialogue and being honest with ourselves and other people who we can trust, it has to feel safe how that would make a difference. I think that most people, when they hear what other people are going through, can find some peace. Just starting to talk about it as we talk more, so we build understanding, as we build understanding, so we can begin to think about, you know, what are some of the things we need to put in place to, uh, to, to truly break the stigma. 
We take it out of the dark. It's dark enough. We can bring it out into the light. And I think probably one of the biggest gifts is that people who will hear this will understand that they are not alone. Our nature is to kind of draw together and draw into community. So if you hear a story that's similar, the instinct is sort of to point at that and say, oh, hey, I'm not alone in this situation. It inspires them. It shows them that, you know, they may be in the midst of a horrible struggle, but that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And when you're in that struggle, you can't tell that there's a light, you know, so these people are being that light for you. Right. Not just a bridge, but a light for you, because it is true, whether it's a single episode or for some people, you know, for whom it really doesn't seem to end. You do not remember that there's light. And to be able to hear people, I just think of the things they said. Find peace, be the light, develop understanding, find out you're not alone, be inspired. I mean, imagine that just coming from talking. Talking is a huge step toward reducing stigma. And so is listening. You know, listening to somebody who's confused and listening to somebody who's filled with fear. In fact, I was listening to a website called Let's Talk Bell dot CA, which is a Canadian website where they've raised a hundred million dollars for mental illness across Canada, filled with great videos and great resources. And somebody said, don't give advice. Don't tell people what to do. Let their voice be heard. Close your mouth, open your ears and open your heart. I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a great website. It's it's filled with celebrities, um, Jim Carrey being my favorite. Um, and they've raised over $100 million for awareness and education across Canada. Why can't we have something? It's the government in conjunction with the phone company and some other organizations. Mm-hmm. But why can't we have that here? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't know why. I hope we can. Uh, some other interesting websites and podcasts and efforts, uh, Minds at Work. We're going to be profiling the man who started that. This is My Brave. We have an interview with the woman who started that. Uh, Medi Spice, S-P-I-E-S-S. She's doing some good work. We are also profiling her. So there are a lot of projects out there that, you know, they're working so hard to reduce stigma so that people can get the help and support they need and so that other people can understand because I don't think people are jerks and they're bad and they just don't care. I think they don't know. And Maya Angelou, you know, that great line, when we know better, we do better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I really believe, and I'm seeing it in my own life, people saying, I, I didn't know. I just didn't know. Not good enough anymore. Time to learn. Time to learn. Well, thank you to everybody who lent their voice to all three of these podcasts for the Stigma series. And for those of the listeners who are following us on iTunes or Facebook, if you could really quickly, it doesn't have to turn into a big thing for your to-do list, but just type some things that work for you. How do you center yourself? How do you ground yourself when you're in a hard place? What works for you? And any ideas you have for a specific podcast? If there's a question and the one I get all the time from people who don't have it is, what's the difference? What's the difference between little D depressed and big D depressed? And we will answer that question to the best of our ability with, you know, some counselors and therapists and experts. But uh, let us know what you want to hear because this isn't for us. This is for you. Thanks for listening to Giving Voice to Depression today. We hope that by hearing others' stories, you gain understanding, compassion, and some hope. And remember, be kind because everybody's fighting a battle you know nothing about.